she said, Dear, come from a land down under Where women glow and men thunder Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder? Yeah You better run, you better take cover Yeah You better run, you better take cover Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Cider Nation podcast, the unique baseball podcast. Today, we have former Blue Jays right-handed pitcher Chris Smith. Thanks for coming on, Chris. Uh, thank you very much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Uh, like I said, I haven't been uh, excited to talk about baseball. Uh, I haven't been talking too much about it here lately, so this will, this will be a good time. <laughs> I guess first things first, Chris, could you talk to us a little bit about kind of what baseball looked like for you growing up? Uh, yeah, so I was uh, born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, my parents got me involved with, uh, T-ball whenever I was real young. I have an older brother that's about 16 months older than me. So I, I was kind of introduced to T-ball at a young age at kind of a church, um, church league. And then we ended up getting into, uh, another league. Uh, and then we ended up getting over to Valley Sports Little League, actually, where, uh, uh, Valley Sports Little League, if you know any, don't know anything about that, they won the actual Little League World Series in 2001. And I was actually about, I think, four months too old to be on that team. So that's kind of, yeah, so I barely missed that group. But, uh, yeah, I played alongside with Aaron Alvey and Zach Osborne. And, yeah, we that was like kind of that started my competitive kind of nature, I guess, towards baseball. And then I didn't didn't do travel ball very much. Uh, And then I played – in middle school, I played at kind of Valley Sports all the way until I was like 14 or 15 and, or 13 or 14. And I went to high school uh, very, very young. I played with uh, alongside a guy named Adam Duvall. You might have heard of him, might still do. Uh, he's an uh, awesome human being. I played with him in high school. We uh, freshman through senior year, he played shortstop. I played second base. And then, uh, hey, we're already into college. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where it looked like kind of growing up around Louisville, Kentucky. I kind of, that's kind of the route I went to kind of get through, uh, my high school days, but I played at Butler high school in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, just a kind of a public traditional school there. Did you play any other sports, Chris? Um, I did actually, I played uh, basketball most of the time, but it was like kind of rec rec league stuff. And then when I got to high school, I actually played, uh, in that rec league until I was a sophomore in high school. And I loved it because it was like great conditioning to get me ready for baseball too. Well, then my junior year, I didn't play in high school. And then my senior year, I was like, you know what, I'm going to try out for the, the basketball team. So I tried out, made the team. It was awesome. Uh, we, sucked to be honest <laughs> uh but but it, we uh but at the same time it was like a kind of big accomplishment for me like having played like organized basketball in like a high school setting and uh it's pretty competitive so uh, i was pretty happy to kind of make the team but it, i'll tell you what it made me the fastest i'd ever been in baseball by playing basketball <laughs> i'm serious and then kind of moving on chris like kind of what did it look like kind of college wise kind of recruiting wise and kind of where did you end up yeah, so um, so in high school, like I said, Adam Duval. I mean, he was he was such a big guy on our team, so he was highly recruited. And but his senior year, my senior year too, he got back surgery, uh, so he went ahead and signed with WKU. I had some like kind of um, offers, like uh, walk on offers, like University of Kentucky, uh, possibly University of Louisville too. But ended up settling at a college called Kentucky Wesleyan. It's a small Division two school in Owensboro, Kentucky, and. They kind of – I just felt like getting into a place where I wanted to 
start all four years, you know, and just um, I didn't want to go somewhere and sit. Uh, and so I felt like kind of Kentucky Wesleyan was like my place I could go. And I was going as a position player, by the way. So I hadn't pitched yet. Uh, <laughs> so I might keep, keep that in mind, too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess, uh, Chris, I, I went to Northern Kentucky University for after JUCO. So definitely familiar with that conference. Yeah, the GLVC whenever I was there. Yeah. Yep. Is it, uh, was the wood bat still? Yeah. So my so this is crazy. My freshman year, we were. And then after that, we went to to aluminum, and I'm I just I never I questioned that decision because I was I wanted to be picked up as a position player because like my idol growing up was uh, kind of Cal Ripken Jr. and I wanted to be a shortstop and and I uh, and like I said, wood bat league. Um, I was like, why are we taking steps backward and going to aluminum? You know, so I yeah, yeah we were we were wood, and now we're and then moved to aluminum, and then. Yeah, I, I never understood that decision. But I played well, against Darren Mascaroni too. I don't know if that name rings a bell, but he he hit like four hundred or something like that with wood bats and uh, D two, and he was only like a sixth sixteenth round pick. But he ended up, <laughs> he ended up making it to the big leagues. He stole like sixty five stolen bases. Yeah, I remember that guy. Well, and I guess Chris, then when did that transition to pitching come about? Um, yeah, so my senior year. Um, we were kind of we're kind of thin on pitching. I'll be honest, we we didn't have very much success whenever I was in college. Uh, but you know, I I played shortstop my freshman sophomore year, and then moved back to the center field whenever a, a transfer came in. And then our pitching coach was kind of like, "Hey, Chris, you mind maybe getting off the bump and throwing? We might need some help." And I was like, "No way!" I was like, "I'll come up. I'll come and pitch if I'm the closer. If I can close games out." And he said, "Hey, let's see what you got." So then. I just started pitching, throwing off the – and then he said, what other pitch you got? And I said, my slider is kind of my pitch. And then I just kind of went with that. And in college, I threw 14 innings maybe. You know, I had eight saves and 14 innings, and that was kind of the my pitching career in college. But my pitching coach, <laughs> uh, uh, Paxton Gardner, was like, Smitty uh, – and then after college was over with uh, getting towards the end of it, he was like, what are you going to do? And I was like, well, I'm about to go take the GRE to get to like – go towards my sports administration. He was like, well, if I find a, a workout for you, will you go to it? And our senior weekend got washed out at Kentucky Wesleyan. And I was like, damn. And the last time I pitched on the mound, I blew a save. So I was like, had a bad taste <laughs> in my mouth about pitching. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I guess Pax, find me, find me a job for pitching. Um, and I was like, I don't want to actually go do sports administration and like dive into more school. So he said, sure. And then that's whenever I went up to uh, right outside Cleveland, Ohio and Avon, Ohio did uh, a workout for the Frontier League. And there's about 380 of us, like participant wise. Yeah. Yeah, those are fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a blast. But yeah, that's where that's honestly where my first, uh, I guess, professionals kind of started actually, though. Yeah, and then kind of moving forward, uh, could you talk to us a little bit about kind of your indie ball career? You kind of played in, uh, you know, like the Picos League, which, yeah, you know, it's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, if 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 you're talking about uh, independent leagues where you uh, where you go to where you try to get out of, uh, definitely the Picos League is one of them. Um, but at the same time, I'm gonna be honest; it was probably the uh, the first place where I actually got. A, felt like I got a fair opportunity to kind of showcase what I could do. So kudos to that league and for Keith Esray getting me out there. But uh, so, yeah, so my independent ball league started, like I said, from that workout 
uh, and Avon, Ohio actually got picked up uh, second overall or six overall. And that they had, each team had to draft two players. And I was like six pick to the a team called the Lake Erie Crushers, which is the team that was actually hosting the tryout. Anyways, I wasn't done with college, went back to school and told all my professors like, hey, spring training starts in like a week. I got to go. And there and I still had like two and a half, three weeks of school. And I was like and I just kind of had an agreement, took my finals and did anything else I could like remote and uh, made my way up there and uh, made it through spring training. Uh, I had one outing with the Lake Erie Crushers. I ended up giving up a grand slam. Uh, that was great. And I remember I came off the bench or I came off the field after coming out and Chris Steinborn, my pitching coach, slaps me on the leg and goes, hey, welcome to pro ball. And uh, well, unfortunately, that was the only uh, that was the only inning I pitched for the Lake Erie Crushers. I got released two days later. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was a little hard. And that was heartbreaking. I'm going to be honest, like whenever uh, a guy named uh, uh, Mazzarelli was my, was my manager. And I was, we were getting ready to go a road trip to Kalamazoo. And I walked up to my, my locker and my locker mate, Anthony Davis was like, uh, uh, Andrew Davis was like sitting next to me. And all the thing was hanging on my locker was my boxers and my underwear and, and, and my underwear and my socks. And I'm like, Hey, Andrew was like, where's all my stuff? And I'm like, Hey, who's playing a prank on me? I thought it was like a rookie prank. And then it hit me that they were getting ready to lease me. And sure as, sure as shit, I went over, I went to the bathroom, came back out, showered, and I got that tap on the shoulder to come in and see Maz. And then, yeah, that's when I got released from the Lake Erie Crushers. And that was in 2010. So, so I thought my dream was shattered, man. I thought pro ball was over. I was like, damn, that, that was quick. And I was like, I didn't think pro ball was for me. So anyways, I went back home to Louisville, Kentucky, and then I actually went to a workout with the Evansville Otters, and they passed on me. And then I was like, well, it's time, I guess, to get a job. And that's whenever I started uh, working at a place called Urban Active Fitness. And like I said, this is all in 2010. And then um, and then that whole year, no one picked me up for the rest of the year. And then about in October, they, uh, the team I threw that one inning against, the Traverse City Beach Bums, they called me. And said, hey, what are you doing? We got a workout up in Indianapolis. We were wondering where you were at the end of the year. Like, are you still interested in pitching? And I was like, uh, I haven't picked up a baseball in like four or five months. And I just been lifting my brains out because I'm working out at like a gym facility. And I was like, well, I'll see if I can give it a try. So uh, I was like, sure, I'll come to the workout. This was in October and went up to and then my <laughs> my gym facility, man, the uh, the playroom was shut down. We used to throw. I used to throw up a pop up tent, and I would throw a hundred baseballs in like my dress outfit because I used to sell gym memberships, and I would throw a hundred b- baseballs into a net on my lunch break to get my arm in shape. And then, uh, and then I met with a pitching coach finally named Gene Walters. He was a guy around Louisville, and he uh, he kind of started working with me maybe a couple weeks before my workout. But went up to Indianapolis, uh, did my workout. Uh, ended up getting signed by them. They invited me to spring training. They brought in about 45 pitchers for about 12 spots in spring training <laughs> in independent ball. So that was intimidating, but uh, ended up actually making the team. And then um, I had um, I had two appearances and I got uh, released again. And uh, I threw on the fifth game of the season. And then my second appearance was on the 15th game of the season. So I, 
I pitched uh, 10 days in between. And if anybody knows like about pitching, like when you're not throwing, you just don't know very much. But anyways, yeah, I got yeah, that's I tough. Really, that's yeah, tough. it's tough. You know how it is. Um, but anyways, um, I got released after a 16 hour bus ride back up from, uh, from the gateway Grizzlies. Y'all never forget that. That was crazy. Put my bags down. They called me in the office and I knew it. I knew it. As soon as they tapped me on that shoulder, I felt that shoulder tap before. And they pulled me in and they said, Hey, we got to let you go. We're letting affiliate guys come in and we appreciate you working with us, but, uh, we got to go a different direction. So again, I'm like, damn pro ball is not for me. So uh, what's crazy is I went to that Evansville Otters workout again because Evansville is only like a couple hours from where I live. And it's only about, I don't know, maybe 30, 45 minutes from my college. So I, I went to it and I dominated, did really well, and I still didn't get picked up. <laughs> they didn't care. They called me a week later and was like, hey, we just had to go with someone else. I said, okay. Um, but then again, I was like, all right, baseball's done. So I went back to got that gym, uh, like just as working over there again at this like gym facility. I was playing in like a Fourth of July trip with my buddies for the first time. Never got to really do that throughout baseball. And then uh, that's when the Pecos League uh, came calling. And Keith Essray called me and was like, hey, we got an opportunity for you out here. And uh, I was like, okay. Call, talk to my mom and dad and uh, they said you need to get out there if you want to put up numbers if you want to give it a shot and I said all right so I got on a plane out there that was a fiasco in itself I thought I was going to die in a little prop plane that flew <laughs> from Phoenix to Alamogordo New Mexico um, I don't know if you've ever even heard of that town I didn't <laughs> yeah exactly uh, apparently that's where they used to test some uh, some nuclear bombs back in the day, but also I think it's when we filmed Transformers. But still, yeah, Alamogordo, New Mexico. Uh, it's where I went played for the White Sands Pupfish. And okay. okay. I, <laughs> you want me to keep going? Well, yeah. <laughs> got any questions in between? <laughs> I, I've definitely heard of White Sands. Yeah, actually, I got yeah. I, I think I got a buddy that tried out there. Yeah, I was in spring training there or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, White Sands Pupfish, I pulled up, and they were at a Motel 6. <laughs> and uh, I waited for them to get done with practice. I sat in the hotel lobby for about two and a half hours and then uh, went up. And the room that they put me in had been lived in. Like, there was shit everywhere, man. And I was like, what did I get myself into? And anyways, I cleaned up the place, and all of a sudden, about two hours later, another door or another guy came in, and a guy named Ryan Cop knocks on the door, and he's like, hey, He's like, I'm trying out for the team tomorrow. I was like, I guess I am too. And we just sat there. We went to local McDonald's and then came back. We were like scratching our head about like how we even got there, where we were. He was a shortstop from Ohio State. Um, we go back to the room and all of a sudden at like we're like finally asleep and it's like 2 a.m. And then boom, 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 we get another knock on the door. And the shortstop of the team, Cody Kaufman, knocks on the door and goes, hey, can I crash on here tonight? He was like, the baseball house has no AC. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, my first experience out in Alamogordo. Um, we, uh, I, I go up to the clubhouse, which is in the press box in a room that has like uh, half a bench. That's kind of looks like it's been chewed off by a dog. And then another kind of bench that's kind of long. And you just kind of throw your bag down. People showing up in gym shorts and T-shirts, cutoffs and wife beaters, whatever you could, whatever you uh, kind of woke up in. But uh, Keith gave me my contract and it was for $0. And uh, I was like, what 
I was like, I thought I was going to at least be making some money. I said, you told me I was going to be making at least 50 bucks a week. (laughs) So I'm talking about like, I'm negotiating $250 over here. And he said, well, you have to earn your money here. And he goes, we don't have enough money to go around every player. So you got to earn your money. And I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, so that's whenever I ended up, uh, I was like, I got to start finding a way to make some money. So I was a reliever for first my first two outings out and out there. And then I told him like, Hey, I think I want to give a starting a shot. I heard, I heard you guys pay 75 bucks a week for that. And he said, we do actually. And he goes, and you earn that. So uh, you can be a starter. And I never started before throughout. Um, I, I started a little bit in high school. I threw like three or four innings, like, but nothing like crazy. Anyways, it was, go to uh, pitching my first game out there uh, and I went nine innings and I threw 130 pitches and I had 13 punch outs and I gave one hit. It was a solo home run. Um, Yeah. And then Keith was like, okay, you can stay in the starter rotation. So I ended up having, I think four or five starts out there. um, And I went, I had four complete games out of the five games I pitched (laughs) in uh yeah, and then that's whenever the Washington Wild things actually came uh, came knocking. And again, like I said at the beginning, like uh, you got a chance to get out of Pecos League, you get out. So, <laughs> so especially uh, if you're not getting paid. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and this is what's crazy is I was actually in like baseball mood. Like I was like, I, I mean, I, I didn't. I kind of was like, I saw past the elements at this point. I was like, I'm just playing baseball, and I was like, and I love that. I'm just playing baseball. Like that's how much I love the game. Like at that point in time and like where I was, I was like, man, I'm just so happy that this is what I'm doing. I'm meeting a ton of people and uh, it was awesome. So the Washington wild things call. And of course I'm ecstatic to go back there. And in my mind, I'm going, man, if I can just get and just keep going in independent ball, you know, and like say I'm a lifer, like playing pro ball or his next thing. It's like, I felt like I did a cool thing, but Go to Wild Things, and they gave me uh, – went there, uh, a guy named Mark Dewey was a pitching coach, uh, Darren Everson, the manager, um, phenomenal people. They uh, – uh, I, I ended up having my first few starts there. I had one of my worst starts of my life. <laughs> and a guy, Darren Everson – and this is when I'm back to the Washington Wild Things. I was apprehensive to be there. Like, I questioned myself a lot. Like, do I deserve to be here? Um, like, can I make it here? You know, I'd already been released from that league twice and one inning, uh, one game, uh, I was, I was getting kind of squeezed and all the worst things of the worst were happening, like broken bats hits. And then all of a sudden like bases loaded and then double. And then I'd walk a guy anyways, first six <laughs> guys got on the base. The first six guys scored and I'm looking over the dugout for like dear life. I'm like <laughs> looking over for help. And my mom and dad is at the game. And Darren Everson walks out to the mound, and mind you, this guy is enormous. He's an enormous bald man, and he stands over top of me. And I stand on the back of the mound. He stands on top of the mound, and he said a lot of choice words. And he was like, "Look, he was like, you deserve to be here. Stop being a. You can fill in the blank." He was like, just basically was like, "You deserve to be here. Stop, stop acting like you're not." So then uh, what's crazy is that was a huge turning point in my career to where I was able to uh, basically uh, like put more confidence in myself. And then I went, that game, I ended up going seven innings and I gave, and I didn't give up a hit for the rest of the game. And from going from 
boos to FUs, you know, for me being on the mound all the way to me getting like a standing ovation. That was honestly like one of the big turning points. And Darren Everson and Mark Dewey kind of believing in me there was kind of a, a huge help. So uh, that was in 2011, man. Like I said, we're only a year and a half out of college. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I mean, after that crazy indie ball kind of journey, though, you eventually signed with Affiliated Ball. Could you talk to us a little bit about that, Chris? Yeah, yeah. So uh, short story, I went to the Wild Things in 2012, re-signed with them, and then I went to Australia and okay. played winter, winter, winter ball out there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh actually that's whenever i signed with the yankees um i actually broke the abl strikeout record i went with like uh that that's a huge long story australian itself i i played <laughs> yeah I, I threw 130 innings in independent ball in 2012 and then i went out there and i had to prove myself in a men's league um i threw 50 innings in a men's league through my first no hitter that was cool and then uh and then they invited me to basically pitch in the the, the professional league the abl and then I threw 50 innings out there. And then uh, I went to breakfast with the Astro Scout. Uh, I was like, hey, you need to have like one more good game, man. I feel like we can sign you. And I was like, great. It took my – my parents were out there. And then the next game, I broke the ABL strikeout record. And I was like, awesome. I was like, I'm about to get signed by Houston Astros. I didn't. <laughs> uh, so uh, they ended up saying like they couldn't sign anybody until after extended spring training. So – at that point, you know, I was thinking my affiliate dreams were kind of shut down. And then, but he said, Hey, I got a guy out here by the name of John Wadsworth. He's like, Let me get a hold of him. I'm going to send over all your. And he sent, he sent that John Wadsworth and with the New York Yankees and then sent it over to a guy named Alex Cotto. And about a week later, they called me and said, Hey, Chris, how would you like to be a New York Yankee? So that's, that's how my uh, affiliated ball kind of started was uh, from Australia. <laughs> yeah i played in uh adelaide but they didn't have the australian baseball league back okay. then it was just basically kind of like that senior men's league like you were talking about yeah and to be honest man there's a lot of competition in there because there's a lot of guys oh, yeah. that get ready for the the abl and that's what that's i mean like your first two hitters or whatever usually goes like abl guys but then usually it's, it falls off astronomically from there but it was still like great to do it but yeah, I went from throwing 50 innings in 2011 to throwing 230 in 2012. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, as you can imagine, my arm uh, actually started flaring up. And oh. uh, and I had ended up uh, putting a stress reaction in my, uh, my mid-ona and my forearm. And my first year with the New York Yankees, I actually missed the whole first year. Oh, gotcha. Yep. <laughs> I guess Chris like could you talk to us a little bit about kind of your like pitching style like kind of what velocity yeah. were you at and what pitches did you throw yeah so uh mainly I was a fastball slider guy uh started mixing a change up along the way but definitely those two were kind of my bread and butter I um coming into the Yankees I was probably around like 92 93 um okay. and then I started getting into like kind of a, a different workout routine uh to be honest I started crushing push-ups people don't like like trainers out there don't like hearing that but that's honestly what I started doing um and then I started doing a lot more of like arm care and like band work and I had a great routine that I felt like and then I started working with an awesome pitching coach uh Vince Horseman when I got to double a with the Blue Jays and um, then I started throwing 97, 98, working with him. Uh, he kind of helped me kind of free up my body a little bit, kind of put my 
my mind at ease. I, I just been recently released by the Yankees. So he was a guy that was a uh, astronomical in my career too. Uh, but yeah, then I started throwing 97, 98 and I would start throwing kind of like a 87 to 90 mile an hour kind of wipeout slider. And that's kind of where, uh, kind of put me on the map to be honest. And then could you talk to us, Chris, a little bit about your MLB debut? Oh yeah. So June 27th. Uh, yeah, the, I was uh, sitting in my apartment in uh, Buffalo, New York, and Bobby Meacham called me um, and he said, hey, uh, he said, I got something awesome I need to tell you, but I uh, got someone else. And then Gil Kim actually called me uh, and he said, hey, we're calling you up to the big leagues. Want to be the first one to call you. So, of course, I called my mom and uh, my, my dad first, kind of told him, like, hey, I'm going up. Um they searched like crazy to find flights, but unfortunately they couldn't find anything by the time they could get out to even make it to game time. So they couldn't make it up for my debut, but my, my, uh, my agent actually lives in Toronto. So I was able to uh, have him there, but yeah, I, uh, I got hot in like the second or third inning uh, pitch. I think Hap was throwing and he was getting in a little bit of trouble. Uh, got me up in the third inning and I, I don't know. I just didn't really feel, I was like, I don't think this is the time. And then uh, it wasn't. And then I got up in like the sixth inning and I was like, ah, I don't feel like this is the time either for some reason. Cause it was like a super close ball game. And I'm like, they're about to put me in here. I was like, this is kind of cool that they trust me already like this. But then the, uh, then the ninth inning came and they were like, Hey, we're down two, you're in. And, uh, or we were up to, we were up four actually. And they're like, you're in. And I was like, okay, Baltimore Orioles. And, uh, yeah, I got. I went last out. I got. It was. I mean, honestly, I kind of blacked out when I got onto the field. It's it's <laughs> kind of crazy how quick it happened. But I just remember, like, as soon as as soon as a, a bullpen coach opened up the opened up the the gate, I was like, oh, here it is. I was like, take it in. I was like, take it in. And this was fifty thousand people there. You know, like the Blue Jays every night. And I just looked up, took it all in. I was like, this is awesome. And then it just like. <laughs> And whenever I'm out in the mound, it was just – it was, like, super cool just being out there and from going from the Pecos League to being on a major league mound in Toronto, just, like – it just kind of all hit me whenever I was out there. It was just – it was pretty cool. It was, a, it was a cool moment, but I was able to kind of be there with my agent was there. It was awesome. And then, you know, I had a lot of backing and stuff from my family throughout the whole time. Yeah, that'd be a little bit different league than the Pecos. Yeah, just a little <laughs> bit. Just just a little bit. <laughs> Yeah. And you touched a little bit like already about Australia, but you also played some winter ball and kind of Dominican and Puerto Rico. Um, yeah. How was that experience for you, Chris? Yeah, that, I mean, honestly, that was awesome because, I mean, as, as we kind of know about like the minor league system, it doesn't really kind of groom you to learn how to win games. Uh, yes. It's more about development, which, uh, which, which is great. I think development is great, but it's kind of sad that you don't learn to win until you're at that major league or into these winter balls. Uh, winter ball leagues like these winter ball leagues all they care about is winning and if you don't help them win down there you're gone and and it's and and honestly it's very cutthroat down there and it it reminds me of independent ball independent ball is the same way if you can't help that team win and you're and you're just having a bad season they're going to let you go because they only care about moving on to the next level too so in puerto rico I went there in 2015 after my season with the blue jays uh re-signing with uh signing with them and that was awesome. Uh, met Joe Jimenez down there. He's pitcher with the Detroit Tigers. Adam Kalerik, he, he was like our seventh inning guy. was eighth inning. Joe was our ninth. Um, and then we ended up getting eliminated from playoffs. 
there and uh that's when the dr actually called me the estrellas and uh flew over there and uh yeah played for played three seasons of um uh winter ball in the dominican and one year in puerto rico and one year in australia so i love it i loved it there man the, the atmosphere i'll be honest you you can't beat it and um the, and it and it helps you understand uh their culture and it helps you like understand like just the like Dominicans that are like your teammates moving forward. It, it was, it was so like eye opening and it was, and it was actually like so humbling. And I don't know, I, I, I got a great, I had a great experience out of it. And, and like anytime they called, I'd be like, yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I played uh, winter ball in Colombia and just that whole mm-hmm. Latin American, like they're definitely watching the game the whole time. Hey, like yeah. it's, it's oh impressive. God. They'll let you know when you're doing bad and, you can get away with some stuff in North America, you know, I mean, some fans, right. But yeah, everyone in that stadium is paying attention. percent. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I was, I was lucky enough. Uh, I played in Puerto Rico, like that year I played in Puerto Rico, I actually uh, got invited to play for team Puerto Rico and the Puerto Rico in the Caribbean series. Um, okay. I, I played in the DR and our team got eliminated in the DR and then I flew home and as soon as I landed, a team in the DR called me and was like, hey, can you want to come play for us in the championship series? And I'd been gone at this point for like literally like 12 months. And I was like, I just landed back home in Louisville. I was like, it's going to take you so much, like a lot of money to get me back down there because I just really need to be home. I was home for a week and I was like, all right, I'm ready to go. And then Puerto Rico called me. He was like, hey, we're going to the Caribbean series. You want to come? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's, uh, so, yeah, I played down there and that was awesome too. Just being like, you'll, you'll see it, like them representing their country. Like it's, it's, you can't, you can't beat it. It's awesome. And then Chris, like any advice maybe for someone that's playing indie ball right now and maybe just kind of going through that grind? Yeah, I mean, independent ball, like I said, it's 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 mostly about like control what you can control. That's throughout like you, you keep hearing that and it's and it, and it sucks to hear that, but it's so true. But in the day, if you go, okay, well, today I'm an independent ball, it's okay, but what can I do to make myself better today? That's what I try to focus on. Like when I showed up at the ballpark when I was in any ball, it's like obviously this is not where I want to be, you know, now that I see that I can be better to get to the next level. It's always like, well, what can I do today to make me like that better for the next day, you know, and then getting in those routines and being a good teammate, man, I'm telling you building relationships and like picking up your teammates. Like that's, I can't tell you enough how, how much longevity some of these players and possibly me even included, to be honest, is if you take care of your teammates and just people want to be around you, then you're going to be around a lot longer in this game. You're going to have a lot more opportunities you're a shithead and people don't want to be around you. I'm telling you right now, nobody's going to recommend your name, but if you're out there and you're a good person, you're a good teammate, you bust your ass, you show up every day and people want to be around you, then people will pass your name along if you do the right things. So like that's, if you can focus on those things every day, like your attitude going to the field, then like I'm telling you right now, then like your, your vibe and everything, people will gravitate towards you and you will, you will flourish in, in just those kind of things. Um, any advice Chris maybe from like a relief pitcher standpoint um I had a bad habit of throwing too many pitches in the in the bullpen kind of maybe wasting some bullets um any advice there uh yeah I mean have a routine I mean yeah. like it's it's easy to say that but it's also hard we all know because being in the bullpen it's like well when is my name going to be called and yeah. that's where that's where I always felt like 
even whenever I was in double A, it was great because I was a closer. And whenever I was a closer, it's like I knew I had the ninth. Whenever it was this close to this game, I had I knew seventh inning I was doing this, eighth inning I was uh, getting ready to get on the bump, like in between innings, and then boom, second half of the eighth, I'm on the bump. You know, it's like I had that routine, which is great, where the back end of the bullpen has that luxury. When you don't have that luxury, you have to know a certain situation that you might be in, but you have to have like that routine that you're like, okay, uh, I don't know, say your starter goes out and you're the long relief guy. Like you should already be stretching in that first inning and not be like a, oh shit, now I'm just jumping on the mound. It should be like, you should already have a little stretch routine where it's like, if shit hits the fan in the first inning, it's not, you're ready to roll. And I'll be honest, there were so many long relief guys that never did that, that they would just like jump up and be like, ready to go. But that again, but this is the thing is everybody's different. Every pitcher is different. But if you have a routine, something that you can always back, get back to, that always kind of helped me. And then like, you, you have to have like a short routine where it's like, okay, I have to do it quick. And then you also have to have a routine where it's like, okay, what if the inning gets extended and I'm already on the mound? So if you have those kind of in play, then it's like, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of a flawless like way to attack, like um, getting prepared to go in the game, I guess. And then I guess, Chris, like this is sidearm nation. Like, was there ever a period in your career where you thought about dropping down? Uh, I did, man. I, I mean, I did, but like, I didn't too, because like, honestly, the, the more I pitched in my career, the more like velocity I started gaining. I got so you. like, I, I mean, I, to be honest, I thought about it. Like after my Tommy John, I was like, uh, cause I got TJ with the Tigers and I was like, I, I pitched again in winter ball in 2021, uh, or in 2020 with uh, the Gigantes and I was only like back to 89, 90. And I was like, oh, maybe I need to go sidearm. <laughs> I want to continue this career. But I kind of jumped into real estate instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and you mentioned kind of Adam, you know, Caleric already. Did you have any teammates that were sidearm submarine pitchers? Yeah, Will Browning was uh, Will Browning was dominant. My gosh, that guy, my then high A, whenever I first came to the Blue Jays, that guy was striking out people left and right. And then he went up to double A and he dominated too. We had such a good bullpen with the Fisher cats in 2016, man, we were, we were great. We couldn't, we couldn't hit for shit, but we were great. <laughs> in the bullpen. We had our starters were a little shaky, but man, gosh, we, we had a dominant bullpen. We had that's and we uh, got named Dorado too. So yep. when I got up to triple A was Will and uh, Dorado and it was awesome. So they had a left, Lefty sat arm and a righty sat arm. So they're coming at you from both sides. And then we, and then when I got called up, I had Joe Smith. And Joe Smith, I'm telling you right now, is probably one of the nicest guys in the game. There needs to be more people in the game like Joe Smith. He uh, came down to AAA doing some rehab and he was awesome. He, he talked to everybody, but he is dominant from down there and one of the best He's dudes. Still in the doing game. it. Yeah, he's still doing it, man. And there's yeah. a reason why. It, yeah. <laughs> Well, and then Chris, I mean, just kind of saw you were, I didn't know that, that you were kind of late on the pitching side. That was kind of good to know, but I saw you were a thousand hitter in triple A. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, in Syracuse. It's so, it's so funny. The, the catcher, uh, we were facing the Phillies uh, and Logan, I'm walking up to the plate and our, we were thin on pitching and uh, my manager uh, looks at me and goes, Hey, Smitty, you might have to have an at bat today. And, this is before the game, and I was like, "Oh shit, let me go get some. Let me go get some off the tee." I was like, "I haven't swung a bat in a while." 
And he's like, I was like, okay. And then it came up. I was in my second inning. I was like, is that it? He's like, no, we need you for one more. And I said, all right, going out for my third. But I had to have an at bat. And he goes, you're up, you're up fourth. With, uh, or no, 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 I was up, I was up like second or whatever. I was like, I'm coming up. And I walk up to the plate and Logan's up there. He's like, he looks at me, he's like, dude, what the hell are you doing up here? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I have no idea. And he goes, well, all I can say is it's probably going to cut. And I was like, okay. I was like, I already knew that from the scouting report. They told me that in the dugout. I was like, here we go. First pitch, he threw that thing. And I thought that thing was way down and it was right down the middle. And I was like, oh boy. Next pitch, he threw a change up. And then the next one, I was like, I'm swinging no matter what here. I haven't seen something. And he was like 92 to 93, 94 with all cut. And I was like, I'm swinging no matter what. I hit a chopper kind of in the in the six hole, and I ran like hell down first baseline, and I beat it out. <laughs> <laughs> then I got, and I got on first base, and then actually the, the next guy uh, struck out. And then I was thinking about stealing base. I'm not even going to lie. I was like, I'm going. I'm going. Because I didn't think he was paying attention. And then he picked off. And I was like, okay. I was like, he's definitely paying attention. So then the next guy hit like a chopper to shortstop. And I sprinted second base, try to beat it out, slid in, like, and everything popped up. The shortstop ran out to me. And he was like, dude, why do you run so hard? Your damn pitcher make me look bad, man. <laughs> I was like, dude, I was like, you, you don't get these opportunities. So when you do, you take advantage. And I, and I don't know. So, yeah, one for one, I got the ball. <laughs> And then, you know, kind of post-play in there, Chris, you mentioned kind of real estate side. Is there any, you know, baseball kind of coaching or any future in that? Or Man, I'm going to be honest. Like, the analytical side of baseball kind of turns me off about the game. I got gotcha. you. Um, yeah. I kind of don't really like that side of it. And that's where all coaching is going with professional side of things. And I just, I just don't really feel like that's kind of something I want to dive into. I mean, like, Hopefully, eventually, when I have kids and stuff like that, then maybe I'll I'll be interested in kind of showing them a few things and and tagging along. I mean, I always thought about being like a minor league, like trying to get to be a major league coach. But at the end of the day, man, there that grind is just as much of a grind as it is for a player. And kudos to all those coaches I ever had in the minor leagues, like for them to stick it out for as long as they they have and they love the game. Man, I just I just don't think I can probably do that again, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but at the same time, like I would love, I would love to because I, I know how to connect. I kind of speak the language, and that's what's kind of great with real estate is I've actually found uh, I've sold some uh, I've sold some homes to to kind of some of my baseball buddies, which is great. Like most recently, I just closed on a property with Jordan Romano and his fiance Sam. Uh, and it was awesome to kind of work with them. So it's it's great to kind of work with professional athletes. So I'm I'm still like kind of feel like I'm in the game and. Um, and then I'm, I'm trying to work eventually have like a vision goal that eventually whenever um, I kind of want to eventually see if I can get baseball players out of baseball into kind of real estate and kind of show them how I can uh, teach them success in that and open my own brokerage. So then I can find a way to kind of get back to baseball. So I have a plan to kind of stay involved with baseball because it's definitely something I've missed. There's no doubt about it. Um, yep. But I'm definitely find a way to try to stay uh, baseball, stay relevant in my life. Cause I mean, it just, I played it for 10 years and it's like, it's just so hard to just be like, oh, I'm done with talking to those people and being part of that fraternity. It's like, I miss it every day, you know, and it's, and it's definitely hard being away from the game. So trying to find ways to definitely stay in it. And then Chris, it's just time for our ninth inning call to the bullpen. So just going to be some random questions just to learn a little bit more about you. Let's do it. Favorite NHL team. 
I got to say the Tampa Bay Lightning. I, I live I live here in Tampa, and I started going to the games whenever I moved here and came here with the the Yankees, and it's awesome. And they're all and they're great back to back, and they just they're forcing a game seven. So let's let's go Bulls. <laughs> Favorite travel destination. Favorite travel destination. Um, that's crazy because people vacation where I live. I love I love where I live here in Tampa. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm looking forward to going to Cabo. I'm going to Cabo this uh, this November with my with my fiance's family. So looking forward to that being a a fun destination. We're actually thinking about getting married there. So uh, we're going to be Thanks. scouting out some areas. So. As long as it plays good, that's, uh, that's what we look for. <laughs> All-time favorite professional wrestler. Um, man, I, I grew up a Steam fan. Okay. I did. I grew up a Steam fan. Uh, <laughs> and and then it's like, what's crazy, though, is my mom and dad were so strict. They, they didn't want me watching wrestling. <laughs> they didn't. So, like, I was watching, like, the WCW days. You know what I mean? That's what the thing was WCW. And, uh, yeah, and then, like, I don't know. My mom and dad were kind of anal about me watching wrestling. So, I, I didn't get too much into it. But, yeah, I was always a Sting fan. <laughs> yeah, I used to have to kind of sneak down in the basement and watch it and hide, and, hide under my bed or whatever. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Favorite baseball movie of all time? Ooh, um... Probably Field of Dreams. I love Field of Dreams. I don't know. It's something I always watch with my dad, and that's kind of like his favorite movie too. And I don't know. It was. I don't know. It's it's kind of like a father son kind of thing. It's also like a. I don't know. It's 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 some. I, I like that movie. It's just one of my favorite ones of all time. For sure. And Chris, if you could golf or have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would you like to go with? Shoot. Okay. Dead or alive, golfing. Um, I'd like to go golfing with Michael Jordan for sure. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I don't know if I could afford the round of golf, but I'd like to golf with him and see what he kind of puts. And I'd like to do it at Augusta. Um, <laughs> yep. um, who else golf with Michael Jordan? Um, I don't know. Um, I don't really have too many. I, uh, Cal Ripken Jr., I'd love to go golfing with him. He's, like, he's kind of my idol in baseball. And then, um, I don't know, uh, probably like a, maybe like a a big cat or something like that. It's some, someone that would be fun to play with. <laughs> and then you mentioned Augusta. That's where he'd like yeah. to go. Oh, yeah. I would love to play there. I'd shoot probably 150, but I'd, <laughs> I, but I'd have the most fun round ever. <laughs> I'm actually I actually started playing here recently with a group of uh, guys here. Danny Salazar, actually, uh, who actually just signed with the Yankees. I work out with him still over at the prep here in South Tampa, and he um, he got me in, he got me kind of in with the men's group over there. It's a blast. It's a good time. It's a it's an interesting sport. Hey, like just trying to you know I did long drive for a few years after I was done with pro ball, and I could hit the ball far, but it just doesn't translate on a golf course for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I know. I kind of know what you mean. <laughs> you could be an Olympian in any sport, summer or winter. What sport would you like to do? Well, summer. I mean, well, baseball's not in it anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um 
Gosh, uh, I'm kind of drawing a blank. Uh, maybe I don't know. Is water polo summer? Yeah, it's in the yeah, summer. Olympics. Summer yeah. water polo. Them water guys. Polo. I know them guys are strong. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> guys are beasts in the pool. Uh, winter uh, snowboarding for sure. Okay. Like, yep. I, I have my own snowboard. I love snowboarding, but when I played pro ball, I never, I never did it in high school. I, I had my, had a membership and went up to Paoli Peaks up in Indiana whenever I was in high school. But I've been, and now my, but I'm gonna go this winter though. Now that I don't play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got lots of snow here in Calgary, so Shoo. I'll, I'll trade you. Okay. Yeah. Well, sunshine all down here. (laughs) And then lastly, Chris, just a little Kentucky Wesleyan trivia. Do you know the other pitcher that made it to the bigs out of Kentucky Wesleyan? Um, his, gosh, he played for the Yankees. He was a setup man. Uh, it's been so long. (laughs) Damn. He did put me on the spot. Uh, (laughs) I guess I ended up – I played against him, actually. Yeah, it was my time kind of when I was there. At I do not know, to be honest. I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to think of it at the time. <laughs> uh, Corey Wade. Corey Wade, yep. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yep. Corey Wade. Yeah, he was the center. I, I mean, I, very familiar. I, he never came around the program, honestly, whenever I was with Kentucky Wesleyan. And I think he was kind of in his playing days. But, yeah, I remember him being a, a setup man for Mariano for a little bit. And then I guess, like, how are they doing now? Like, NKU is now Division One. Um, mm-hmm. Are they still – they're still in that conference? Yeah, they, just, they actually changed conferences. And oh. I think it was good for them because, I mean, they were just competing against, like, the Northern Kentuckys, the USIs. You know, like, man, my senior year in college, we had 750 students enrolled. You know, like, that's not in one class. I'm talking about in the whole school. Okay. So, like, huh. we were a tiny, tiny college, and we're, like, competing against USI and Northern Kentucky. You know, those, like, schools, like, popular. Annapolis. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, University of Annapolis. Oh, gosh, I hated hitting there, by the way. I had – anytime I went there, I knew I was going to get – I had my worst weekends ever hitting there because their pitchers were all disgusting, and <laughs> – they all threw 93 and had banger sliders. And that's the reason why I started throwing a slider. I was like, I can't hit that shit. I'm going to throw it. <laughs> well, that's fair. <laughs> so, honestly, that's what I – honestly, that's what uh, – that kind of got me to start throwing my slider. <laughs> Damn Indianapolis. <laughs> no, I, I definitely appreciate you coming on, Chris. Is there any shout-outs before we sign off? Uh, hey, I mean, shout-out to my parents, man. They they, they – put me through the dream, you know, like without them, I'm going to be honest, I wouldn't have been able to, to be where I was like throughout my whole career. So they were huge. And Paxton Gardner too, that guy. Wow. I mean, like he was my pitching coach with the Kentucky Wesleyan. If he didn't motivate me to kind of keep on going with, with like uh, even chase the dream at all, I wouldn't have even had that opportunity. So and even my agent too, Blake Karoski stuck with me the whole time. I had one agent and I feel like that's kind of, it's kind of unheard of a lot of time in these days. And, you know, he stuck by my side. I stuck by his even through like the good times and the bad. So definitely good, good things there. And, you know, all my teammates too, that I ever came across to like, man, those guys, you know, I'm still best friends with a lot of them. So, you know, shout out to all those good teammates I had along the way. Always rooting for everybody's success. She said, come from a land down under. Where women glow and men plunder Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder, yeah
You better run, you better take cover, yeah. You better run, you better take cover.